everybody, and welcome to episode 50 of the Hunger for the Hustle podcast. Live with my guest from Austin, Texas, Texas, Tracy St. Croix. Welcome to the show, Tracy. I'm going to give Tracy a whirlwind in, in, introduction here because we're going to talk about something that's fascinating and something I certainly know nothing about and I'm intrigued to learn a lot more about. Intuition is within us all. It's like a hidden app that we get a glimpse of, but we're unsure how to adjust our settings. Once we know the mechanics of our intuition, we simply follow the lead to believe. My guest on the show today, Tracy, is an afterlife connection specialist, specialist and intuitive, a subject that I'm sure many of you will be intrigued to know more about, as am I, live from Austin, Texas. It's my absolute pleasure to you, pleasure to welcome you on the show, Tracy. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks, Jake, for having me on Hunger for the Hustle. I've been looking forward to this. My absolute pleasure. It's always great to have, I, I try to keep the guests fresh and interesting and give insights that perhaps people will not know about and never have seen before of course you know the context is hunger for the hustle this is your business the afterlife connection the intuition you're also an author as well we'll touch on that later in the episode but let's really get started and, and give the guys who are watching a bit of background on how you got started in in this career and, and what really led you to to get it going you know, Jake, there's a saying here, and I'm sure it's more worldwide than anything, is the writing has always been written on the wall from day one. And for me, that that was my, my truth. Only a lot of us don't see it until much, much later. So when I uh, was first born, my parents brought me home to a very lovely home, perfect in, in little South St. Louis. Uh, the only kind of hitch about that was the uh, backyard was a massive cemetery. And then on the other side of the road was a massive cemetery. And then, you know, you got to have the cherry on top because where you find cemeteries, there's a funeral home right across the street. So I literally, you know, I jokingly say I never left the dead people. So I was communicating with them when I was younger and I didn't know that's what I was doing. I just thought, I had imaginary friends. I thought maybe everybody can do this. I didn't really see it as abnormal. And right. then as I kind of grew up, I didn't grow up in a family that was very supportive of this or nurturing. They were, you know, quite more conservative, like hush, hush, keep that down, shove it under the rug, go on. And I went on about my life, started to grow up, but I always knew about events in my life. I always knew when people were gonna die in my family. I always had very strong premonitions, that very strong intuitive sense, only I didn't know that's what it was. I, I always questioned why didn't everybody else feel or know what I did? Like, how was that not obvious to them? And as I grew up, of course, you know, you go into your 20s and we know how those go and had a lot of fun. And then I got into my early 30s and it was clearly obvious that my life was headed nowhere and it was headed nowhere quickly. And I needed to pull the brakes and really kind of reassess my whole entire life because what I was experiencing was not what I was choosing to have. So I changed my life like 
in like literally a day. I said, everything I can, I have to start everything new. And as soon as I did that, it was like this switch just flipped on in me. And my abilities just started coming out of everywhere. All of a sudden I was just getting all this information and it was like overload. It was sensitivity overload, information overload, dream overload. I literally thought I was crazy. And I got a hold of Elaine Ireland here in Austin, Texas. And I remember sobbing on the phone with her and I was just in tears and I was just telling her, like, I think I'm crazy and this is what's happening. And I think there's dead people everywhere and, you know, what's happening. And she was so sweet and kind to me. And she said, oh, no, darling, you're not crazy. You're just psychic as hell. Now I need you to come over to my house and you're going to take this to row class and we're going to, we're going to fix you up. Right. And sure enough, she started out to be one of uh, my mentors and became a very, very dear, dear friend. And from there, I just started taking another class and another class and another class. And suddenly I was like, yeah, I kind of got to make this a business because all the work that I was trying to get, um, Companies would close down, um, layoffs would happen, horrible bosses. And so it started becoming clearly obvious to me, like, this isn't what I'm choosing to experience anyway. And so finally, I just said, okay, God, if this is the work that you want me to be of service of, then show me and support me. And that's what I did. I just started building a business and I treated it like this is the only option I have. Right. Right, so it, it became something that was it, it was just coming to you all the time. You were getting this information all the time, and then you learned how to harness it with a mentor. And you thought, well, so you were still kind of doing, you were still kind of working for other people, right? But you weren't enjoying it. Yeah, and, and, I was trying to bargain with God. Right, <laughs> everything was telling you, right, whether you were listening or not. You know, go and do this, go and do this, just do this full time, and, and be of service to others, essentially. Yeah. And it was, you know, I, I, I learned along the way, you can't really bargain with, with God, universe, divine, whatever you call it. It doesn't no, no, work. No, you, you can, you can put off your calling for a while, but ultimately what you're calling is what you, you what you're, what you're calling is calling you and you're being drawn, drawn towards it. It's like a magnetic effect. It's really interesting, but Let's let's wind back. I think I think it'd be something that came up for me when you initially said that was, you know, you grew up around. There's a cemetery in the backyard. There was a cemetery across the road. There was a funeral home across the road. It was um, quite. I hope you won't won't mind me saying this, but I mean, quite a, a morbid environment almost. Um, one might. Did it ever frighten you? That you that you could see and feel these energies or was it just something that you embraced and was just very familiar to you you know it never looking back i was never frightened i was never scared and even growing up when i would have you know strange experiences and even during my development i was never scared there was always something within me that was calm with it i was more yeah. curious about it hmm. than afraid of it and yes, it is pretty morbid when you grow up around, um, you know, cemeteries. And my father, he's, you know, he was a, uh, a detective and a sergeant. 
in the police force. And I asked him one time and I said, why, why did you buy this house? And he said, because I knew the neighbors would be quiet. (laughs) (laughs) It's a very good point. Huh? I said, it's a very good point that he makes. And and perhaps it was probably fairly priced as well. I'd imagine. I don't think that, I don't think the dead people bothered him. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't sound like it. Doesn't sound like it at all. So how long were you how long were you working for other people? You know, you said oh, some horrible bosses, companies shut down, you're getting, you know, let go from companies for, for various reasons. Um, how long was it that you you kept this at bay until you were like, No, I'm gonna go on my own, I'm gonna feed this this hunger for the hustle that happened, I'm gonna go uh, and generate my own cash instead of having to rely on exchanging my time for someone else's cash. Yeah, that was about that was about two and a half or three years of that. Yeah. And then I remember I, I worked um for the IRS actually. Mm-hmm. Um and I remember sitting in the parking lot and going just I just got to a point where I just said, fine, God, I'm done. Like I'm done. I freaking hate this here. Okay. You know, and I just, I remember in my car thinking like, okay, here are all your sources of income that you have so far. You have this, you have this, we can go and do this, this, and this, and we can hustle until we get to this money mark with our clients. Hmm. And I just said, fine, this is what I need. God help me. And sure enough, it's like the doors just like, like opened up. Yeah, that's that's the power of decision right there. Once you decide what you really want, then everything uh, everything comes into place to make it happen for you. One um, Joseph Campbell said, you know, you take one step towards your God, and He'll take ten steps towards you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a great it's a great saying. And you know, for anyone watching, they might not choose um, Christianity or religion. For me, I'm not so much a religious person, but replace that word God with whatever aligns with you. You know. Um, it definitely, definitely works out and definitely plays out on a, a daily basis. That's what now, I say. Well, I, I see God or spirit or, you know, whatever yeah. you want to call that. Rocket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatever you call it, yeah. And now we touched on the word hustle there, and I'd, I'd love to know, you know, how do you define the word hustle and kind of what, what drives yours for it? It's not an easy thing to do having your own business. You have to have, you know, as we say, that hunger for the hustle. Uh, I'd love to know how you define the word hustle and yeah, what drives it for you? Hustle is, is definitely a mindset to me. It's a conscious decision on a daily basis and sometimes multiple times during one day to keep moving forward to whatever it is that you have a goal for or that you desire to experience. That is hustle to me. I don't believe that hustle is, you know, 24-7, all of that. No, because we need time to sleep, eat, drink, and stare at Netflix endlessly. We do. We're humans. We need that, we need that energetic balance because I've seen so many people burn out in so many yeah. industries. And to mm-hmm. me, what hustle means is, is not only, you know, building relationships with your clients, building relationships with people who could be your potential clients in the future, but it's also about educating yourself. 
and going, okay, is there another book that maybe I need to read or listen to? Or is there a podcast or, you know, some other new information that I can use to help my clients out? That's a part of the hustle too. It's not just, it's not money to me. It's everything. Love that. Love that. It's in it. I always say on this show, I've said it many a times. I'll say it again because it's true. If you're going into business with money as your main motivator, of course it's nice to make money. Um, some people, it is their main motivator. And I don't think there's too much wrong with that, but I think it can get to a dangerous place if it's your only motivator you know not just your main but your only because i'm sure you'll be able to agree with me here tracy there's sometimes in business when the money isn't always free flowing and it's not always uh coming thick and fast and if your main motivator for wanting to be in business and your only motivator is the money then you may you know get to that dangerous place of questioning why you're actually doing it so but it doesn't sound to me like that's your main driver at all you know your your main driver and correct me if I'm wrong is that you like helping other people and you you've been given this gift to do that so why not why not do it and and, and help as many people as you can and how long have you been actually doing it for then how long have you been um working in in this space of afterlife afterlife connection and um and intuitive I've been working in this space about full-time now for about five years five yeah. years but I've been doing the work for almost about eight or so really yeah. kind of learning and educating and starting to grow up. I've been, you know, I've been very intuitive since I was born. And right. most people, I don't know anybody on this earth that doesn't have some form of intuition. I've never mm -hmm. met anybody. It's kind of our guide, our guidebook. I say the universe didn't drop you here on your head without some kind of instruction booklet. Hmm. But been well, hustling, I think having fun and hustling. Sorry, say that again? I said I've been having fun and hustling. That's the way. Now, the word intuition, um, it comes to me as something I, I have an understanding of it. It's like, you know, when that voice talks to you in your head and it says, uh, you know, hey, Jake, you should do this or don't do that or do it this way or take a moment to think about that a little bit more. And often we, we push that voice back or we don't listen to it or, or we think it's um, something to be disregarded but i think i tend to find particularly you know as i get more into my i'm only in my early 30s but as i got into them um you listen to that voice a bit more and that's like my understanding really of intuition um but i think you can you can definitely work on it and improve it and i mean maybe you could share with us some some your point of view on that and, and perhaps even some ways that people can improve it yeah Intuition is within all of us. And I think that you are very, your point on with that comment about it is, it's sometimes that real quiet voice within you that's giving you direction. Sometimes, like you said, it's giving you a stop and think, just, just pause for a moment, you know? And, and sometimes it's that voice that says, you know, you need to start to exercise or take care of yourself a little bit more and everybody has intuition and you can start to strengthen and develop it. I even wrote a book about it. Seven tips and tricks to enhance your intuition, a practical guide to knowing, loving and trusting it. And I tell everybody intuition is like your muscles in your body. It's like anything else. 
First, you have to find out, oh, I can actually do this. And then it's about, okay, let me see what I can do and start to go and strengthen these abilities. So some people are very clairvoyant. They can have an active imagination. Sometimes they have very vivid dreams. They're people that can, can just kind of design in their mind. Um, that, that's a sign of heavy clairvoyance. I'm very clairvoyant. I see it's almost like Jake, like I have a movie screen in my mind. And I'll see pictures or images or symbols or words or numbers. Any any part of a huge lexicon can come on onto that screen to give me direction on where to go with my intuition. I feel like most people that I do come in contact with are, are clairsentient, where they just have this deep gut feeling. And a lot of the CEOs that I work with, they describe it as, as a hunch or a just knowing or my business gut is kicking up. And that's also telling you something as well. Sometimes it's, yeah, go, go for the deal. And other times, like you said, it's going to be saying, I need you to pause just for a minute and take a break and step back. But everybody can strengthen their intuition. I don't care who you are, or where you come from, you can. Mm-hmm. Exactly right. So tell me like, how does the process actually play out for you? You know, Afterlife Connection Specialist, like what would a session with you actually actually look like? Of course, someone probably has an intention going into it. Uh, probably, a, I'd imagine, because it's quite a specialist thing, a quite a clear reason of why they've initially engaged with you and, and why they're there. Well, of course, I introduce myself. A lot of times, uh, if people don't know me or have never been with me, you know, I tell them a little bit about how, how the session is going to go. And I'll say, you know, like, look, I'm going to bring forth information from spirit. I don't have any control over it. I don't have any control over who comes through. I don't have any control over what they say or what they don't say. It's just like having a three-way conversation. I can't make anybody say anything on that. And I say, and then we're going to talk about some more of the intuitive guidance, which is going to be around the top two, the finances, the romances, the honey or the money, Jake. And more than likely, it's going to be both of them intertwined together. And I kind of ask my clients, what's your goal with me? Do we want to do more mediumship or do we want to do more intuitive work? Because that's kind of two different energies to me. Tell me where I need to be going with you. And then I just let it flow from there for a you know, an intuitive session. Now, if I'm doing my business strategy with my CEOs, that's more of a direct thing. They usually have very direct questions and topics that they need to talk about with me. I need to fire this guy. I need to hire this guy. I have this contract. You know, I want to buy this other building. Sometimes they have more very direct and quick. And so that's what, yeah. So that's how it plays out. So it's not just about connecting with people with, you know, their family members who may have, um, you know, may have passed away. It's, there's a lot more to it than that. You know, you can work on the intuition within the the business respect as well. Oh, yes. I mean, I, Jake, I like to jokingly say I have a PhD. I have a public high school degree. Okay. <laughs> and I have built a nice business for myself. I'm very proud of myself. I didn't go to business school at all. 
but I mm -hmm. learned through others. I read, I attended webinars and things like that. Yeah. And I, if I can do it, anybody else can do it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. And I've done exactly the same thing. I don't have, um, I have, um, um, I don't have a university degree of any sorts whatsoever. And I've certainly never been to business school. Um, but I think, you know, I learned the same way you did through getting help from other people that have done it through, of course, studying subjects that were relevant to the area of business I was going into and through making a lot of mistakes, to be honest with you as well. You, you know, don't that's think, I a lot. That's a good point. Everybody's going to make mistakes. You know, I, I have clients that are the highest of the highest end that have gone to, you know, all the prestigious business schools in the world and they still make mistakes because they're human. Hmm. But we learn from them. That's the That's point about them. We learn how to avoid that again and how yeah. to tell others to avoid it. Mm, that's the important part, right? It's fine, fine to make the mistakes, but uh, the learning from them is is the important part, and 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 the takeaway from it. And perhaps in that, be good good segue for us to talk about some challenges. You know, perhaps even some failures that you've had in business, and and what you learned from them. I've had a lot of you know challenges when you come into an industry like mine, and you come to the realization, okay, I need to run a business. You know, you got to learn the business, the industry that you're in. Where do you want to go? Where are you at? What do you think your potential is for the future? And I set my eyes on, on high prizes. And I said, you know, there's a lot of people in my industry and, and uh, you know, they're fine where they're at. They're good the way they run their business. They, they're okay. But for me, I, I just chose, I wanted more of, of an automated type of business. I wanted to get out there and um, look and be a little bit more professional than what you would typically kind of see in my area. Does that make sense to you? Yes, it does, yeah, yeah. Because I, I just said, going back to the hustle, right? I looked at those people and I said, okay, well, they're, you know, they're okay where, where they're at, but that's not okay for me. Mm. I need mm. some, you know, I choose something different. I choose something better. And I had to see like, okay, who's in my industry who has what I want. What do they do? Copy paste. <laughs> I know it's my favorite thing to do. Copy paste. <laughs> Yes, copy paste, put your own spin on it. The desire to be better than, than what's already out there, the desire to deliver more, you know, to, to your customers, clients, however, whatever you whatever you like to address your, your people that you're serving with. Yeah, it's important. It's important. It's something I pride myself on, <clears throat> excuse me, in business as well, that to be better than those that are already there because by being the difference, it might take a, a while for people to recognize, but um, you will outshine, you know, the people around you that are doing the similar or same thing. And what you will also do within that is provide people with a lot more value. And and that's what people want, you know. Of course, people want value. Um, there's, there's a finance, financial exchange going on for services, of course, and people want as much value as they can 
especially, especially these days when everything's at their fingertips and they can find, you know, many, many solutions for the same thing very quickly. They want to be able to know that not only they're getting obviously value for their exchange of finances, but the maximum value to themselves for the actual service that they're getting. So I think by being the difference in whatever you do and going in with the intention of, okay, I can see I've done my diligence, I've done my research, I've looked at the marketplace, I can see what's already out there. How can I be better than that? And what do I need to do to be better than that? Yeah. And put your own little colors and your own little spins on it. And I think that that's true, not only just in my industry, but any industry that you're in, any kind of coaching, speaking, civil engineering, um, you can look good, but you have to know what you're talking about because clients are not going to refer you or come back to you if you don't. No. So I reckon, I reckon we put it as copy, paste, polish. I like that. That's exactly copy. right. Copy, paste, and polish. Mm, mm, absolutely. So then tell us about some, some big wins and triumphs that you've, you've had in business in this space. It's a very different space, and I'm sure you've got some, some things to share with us that would, uh, yeah, would probably amaze us, to be honest. Yeah. I, I mean, as far as kind of personal triumphs that I really achieved is um, the first time that I went to Arthur Finley College. It's just uh, north of London, about a 40-minute train ride up to Stansted. And it is the true Hogwarts. There is a Hogwarts. It is a big, fat, haunted castle. You live there. You eat there. You might sleep there if you can. and it is a spiritual boot camp. You go there and whatever class you're going to be learning, you're in that class 10 to 12 hours a day for a whole week. Wow. It's, you know how the British are. Playtime is over, kids. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard of this place and I'm from England. Most people haven't. They go, they go, where is this at? Where is it at? And it's so funny because the villagers referred to it as Spook Hall. Spook Hall, love it, yeah. Yeah, Spook Hall. <laughs> Whenever I, I get off the train in Stansted and I'll take a taxi up the road to, to the school and they'll go, oh, you're going to Spook Hall, aren't you? Yes, I am. <laughs> so you go there to study. What would you study there? I studied uh, mediumship. Right. Okay. I, did. Yeah. I studied evidential mediumship. Platform mediumship is where you're standing in front of an audience of people doing uh, delivering messages to many different people at once. Mm. And that was one of my biggest triumphs the first time that I got to go there. I've been there several times since and, um, you know, followed their, the tutors, basically, wherever that they taught at, because I told God when I started this, I said, God, spirit, universe, I said, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to learn from the cream of the crop in my field. And that's it. I, I will not, I won't settle for anything less than that. And that was one of my biggest accomplishments. Another one of my biggest accomplishments was when I was able to buy my duplex. When I was no. able to save up enough money. And because I said I for and it took me five years, five years to save up people. So don't think that I went and bought a lottery ticket and won this overnight because I did not. It took me five years of hustling and saving and manifesting like a freaking magician. 
And I, that's a whole nother story, Jake. That would take us a whole nother hour for me to tell you how I actually got into this place. Cause that was magical. That was spirit. That was not me, but that has been one of my biggest accomplishments here. And I think my third accomplishment is, is when I can actually, you know, when clients are in front of me and you can see the relief in their eyes from carrying a guilt or a burden or a question about a loved one in spirit. And you can just see those, those years or, or decades of holding on to that. You could just see it just melt off of them and they just change right before you. I mean, that, that to me is just a miracle. And if I get to witness miracles on a daily basis, I've, I've scored pretty high on, on the job category, I think. Huh, yeah, I'd say so. Absolutely. Now, let's talk about energy within within what you do. And it must require an awful amount of, of course, physical, but uh, emotional and mental energy to carry out what you do. Do, do you ever get slightly... You know, and, and I thought of that in the context of what you said there, mediumship on, on a platform. I think that's that's what it was when it was, it's you delivering to an audience of many people, uh, messages that come to you. That would seem to me like something that would just require an um, uh, incredible amount of energy. And, and, and I mean, tell me, does it? it? It takes a lot of focus. Right. It takes a lot of of energy to give to the audience because as as a medium what you're doing is you're taking you know your big bag of shit right all your worries your concerns your whatever and you're literally putting them aside because you're focused on connecting with spirit and helping somebody else and that's the energy that you're focusing in on for an hour for two hours however long that you're up there demoing now, for me, I personally get what I like to call, I get real spiritually high. I get real energetic because I'm connecting with, with a vibration that's higher, that's more love, more joy than I am. Now, mm. after it, you know, I usually go eat, do what I need to do, and then I just want to go to sleep. Mm. You know, like if I'm doing a huge festival all day long and I'm, I'm just talking, 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 talking for eight to 10 hours straight, yeah, I'm driving home. My phone is off. I don't want to talk to anybody. I just, I want to get home. I want to eat. I want to shower. I want to, you know, watch, you know, something completely mindless for a half an hour and go to bed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know that feeling. Uh, um, and does it ever, does the energy ever follow you home? And, and, and like, like you, can you just turn it on and off? Or does it ever sometimes like, has there ever been a time where it's followed you home and you've been like, oh, this is actually bothering me a bit? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everybody carries their work home, right? Oh. Every once in a while. And the answer is yes. I have, you know, I have a process where if I'm going to be doing work, I literally have a process of switch on. And then when I'm done, I have a process of switch off. But sometimes you can carry you know, the sadness or the weight, or, you know, sometimes I will get, you know, a free spirit that thinks they want a free ride somewhere else. Cool. And I'm like, yeah, no, nobody <laughs> lives here rent free, except, you know, except for my fur babies. 
Mm. And you just got to shoo them along their way. But yeah, some, sometimes things do, do stick with me longer than others. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine. Yeah. Especially like if uh, parents lose children or if children lose parents very young, that mm. will stick with me. Yeah. 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 I can imagine some of those things are quite difficult for certainly for the people that are dealing with them to get past. And that can obviously overspill to you. That's helping to deal, to deal with the, th with the thing for them. Yeah, I and I think that everybody will, you know, anybody who's kind of a, a therapist, you know, a doctor, it's, you know, it's hard not to feel that compassion, that sympathy, that empathy for somebody who is truly in a lot of pain. Yeah, but it's why, why I think it's important and it relates to really anything in business. It's important to have that off switch within you and, and have that disconnection between, okay, that's my professional life, that's what I do at work. Yes, it involves helping other people and, and their energies, but now this is my time and I have to give myself that time so I can actually yeah. give, when I, when the on switch is on, I can actually give my energy to that fully and, and be effective in, in the professional life. You know, the two the two are separate, but they do go hand in hand. It's, 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 it's a balance. I think if you get one of them off balance too much, it will, will affect the other one you know, sooner or later. It's exactly what you were talking about earlier with the hustle. Yeah. You don't like there's no need to hustle 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. That's it's not hot. <laughs> like you got you, no, you that, Yeah, you need that you need that balance. Mm, I think there's a time for it. You know, there's a time for uh, of course at, at the start when you when you're putting things together, when you're figuring things out, you're probably going to put in a lot more hours. Oh, yeah. you, it's not sustainable to do it for too long. You'll just burn out and then you'll just want to overwhelm and move away from the, from the whole thing. I do agree with that. If you're just starting up a business, I would say, you know, for, you know, the next six months, I wouldn't plan on a whole lot of anything in a personal life or too much of a social life because you've got a lot of work that you need to do to get your baby girl growing and going. Yep. Growing, going, and flowing. Of course, yeah. You do have to. There are some. There are some. Um, you know, some people, some friends, maybe even some family that you have to just um, not forget about. Of course, that's not what you have to do. But you have to reserve that time to put into your business if you really want it to be something that's going to carry you through and be your soul. You know, not your soul, but maybe one of your income sources and you're certainly your main income source particularly if you're looking to replace your job with your own business exactly i i just like to say the energy you put in is going to be you know the energy that you get back and it's okay like you said jake i tell my clients all the times about boundaries and limits and it's okay to tell your family members hey look i've got this project that i am completely passionate about I know it's, it's going to work, but for the next six months, this is what I'm going to need from you in order to support me fully in this process. And, you know, I might not be able to take your calls all the time. I might not, you know, I'm probably not going to be able to attend events, but just know it's, you know, I'm building this, but I'll be back. Yeah. I'll be back. I'll, I'll be even stronger. <laughs> yes, I'll, I'll be back. I'll be stronger. I, you know, I'll, I'll have probably lots of cool stories to share and, you know, 
who knows whatever else that you can share with them. Maybe you get a new car. Maybe you're able to go on more trips when we're out out of the woods of this COVID-19. Mm -hmm. mm, exactly right, yeah. Now, let's talk about some kind of goals, aspirations um, for the future of your business. You know, where are you? Where do you want it to go? Where do you really want to take it? You know, that is a really good question. And I like to say, I like to not hold on too tightly to a specific vision. Meaning, I don't want to hold on too tightly to, I want to go buy this house in this neighborhood and it has to be this. I like to hold on more tightly to the feeling that I want to experience. And the feelings that I want to experience in the future is, I think a lot of people feel like this, I wanted to travel more, even pre-COVID. I said, I wanted to travel more and be able to serve others through either teaching or demoing, whatever it may be of, of service. That is still a goal. I do have a goal of getting out into the media more. And I had that at the early of the year and kind of COVID kind of, you know, really pushed us all to do that. And that's what I did. And another goal is I want to be able to fly first class more, more places. If, if I was talking about a materialistic goal, that would be that. I want, I want that feeling. I want that feeling of boarding first. And I want that feeling of, you know, all, you know, all the perks that come with that. <laughs> right. Great goals. There's nothing wrong with our materialistic goals. I think yeah. a lot of the time people, you know, shy away from sharing their materialistic goals for fear of judgment of other people thinking, oh, you know, they're all about um, the materialistic things. No, it's good to have, good to have. Yeah. Not, uh, you want to have some others in there as well, but um, yeah, you'll have, you sure have. I you know, Jake, I like that because I tell people all the time, there's no shame in loving money because I love money. You know why I love money? Because money pays my bills. Money keeps a roof over my head and other people's heads. It allows me to give back to my favorite charities. It allows me to help my friends and family. It allows me to stay healthy, wealthy, and well. So, of course, I love money because that is just a tool. Hmm. That's all it is. It's a means to an end, right? Makes things happen. It, so, it's a freedom is what I tell people. I say money is not guilty or bad or negative. I said all it does is it allows you to have more freedom and choices in your life. And who doesn't want that? Yeah. Yeah. True. True. Very true. Um, I once heard something that said... Um, What did it say? I'm trying to remember. It'll come to me. People that say, you know, money isn't um, money isn't people. You know, people go, money isn't everything, but everyone wants to find out for themselves. <laughs> 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 yeah, you know, everyone wants to find out, don't they? Um, so let's close out the, as we close out the show. I think um, I'm going to ask for you three hot tips. And I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna go for the context of, you know, anyone who's watching right now who wants to get into business, wants to, you know, start their own business, perhaps is found what they love to do, much like you did, and wants to figure out how they can transform that into a business that will pay their bills. 
Okay, let's pull a few oracle cards for that question, huh? What does everybody need to know out there who wants to become an entrepreneur and start their own business? What does spirit need to let them know? To the sea, and this is Colette Baron Reed uh, deck wisdom of the oracle. If anybody's curious, it's one of the best. To the sea, which means, hey, flow with it. Opportunity is open. Explore your options. And know that, like, look, you're guided because you've got a friendly spirit. I don't think we can see that. You know, you have something that that's a higher power, a spirit that's, that's literally directing you there. So go with that flow. Was that number seven? Yes. Is that your number? My number. <laughs> it's a lot yeah, of My number two. Yeah. All right. So let's go for the second card. Okay. And... We'll ask them what is their next action step that they need to take in order to do this. So now that we know the nature, let's take an action step here, folks. Ah, all right. Look and see what's going to be fair for you. How can you balance this? How can you make this work? This is also a card that asks you to say, where am I out of balance at in my life that I need to recalibrate in order to do this business? Do I need to change my thoughts, my beliefs, my behaviors? Do I need to start believing in myself more? Do I need to stop listening to the bullshitters that are just astronaut armchairs <laughs> that aren't doing shit anyway? Stop listening to your broke ass brother-in-law and figure <laughs> out what works for you. <laughs> Love it. I told you I was a spiritual pirate when I got going. Did and I told you it's fine. Profanities are welcome on this show. I just want people to be honest and open and transparent. So that's cool. Yes, it is. And then where do we end up at if they do this? What is a possible outcome for this? Let's, here. let's see. On to that. Ah, we really love it. This ends up with you knowing that you have a co creative partner. Whether that's spirit, whether that's a business partner, whether that's, you know, people that you trust in your life, know that you're not creating this on your own. You're not on your own. Because if you recall our first card, you're flowing with the universal flow here. Because once you make that decision, it's gonna, doors are going to open up. You're going to realize what's unbalancing you. What do you need to change in your life and your mind and your heart to move on? And then you end up knowing that Hey, I'm not alone. I'm not doing this by myself. And this has oftentimes a card. If it comes up for CEOs, you get to hire more people that can do the work that you need to delegate out anyway. Delegate need and automate. My favorite things in business. <laughs> I love the way you answered that question with Oracle cards. I couldn't think of a better way to end the show. Thanks so much for, for that creative answer to the question. Tracy, if people want to connect with you, I'm going to drop the links in the comments, but would you just like to tell them the best place they can they can find out more about you? The they can connect with me is, uh, you can see it on there, tracystcory360.com. That's a little landing site. It works best on your mobiles, and you can connect with me on any of your preferred social media networks in one click. You can schedule with me. You can watch some videos to get to know me better. Uh, it's a one-stop shop for me. Perfect. 
It is. I told my marketing people, I said, well, you made cyber stalking real easy. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Under that, so but I, I absolutely love it. It's a it's a really great connection tool. Wonderful, yeah, sure is. Tracy, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks so much for your time yes. and, and energy today. Energy has been a big big focus of this episode. Um, oh yeah, I really enjoyed spending some time with you. Yes, I have and thank you to everyone that's been watching on the side um daniel and eric and whoever else i've seen a few other numbers up there thanks for watching guys it's been a pleasure to have you and it's been a pleasure to have you as well try to bye y'all take care see ya <laughs>